Hello, welcome to Make and Tain, the podcast breaking the Sigma. I'm your host, Dan Kelly, and each week we have different guests coming on who are breaking the Sigma within their fields. This week, I'm joined by Keith, who's a veteran and is also a chef who caters for those with allergies in Vegas. And it was great to have Keith on the podcast. It was super fascinating to kind of hear about his upbringing and influence of his parents, but also his grandparents as well. He's also a veteran, so his experience obviously being in the Marines Corps and the life lessons he learned along the way. So obviously like the importance of teamwork, taking care of each other. And he's also mental headspace during that time as well. And how the opportunity to become a chef came to light when he kind of come to Vegas. And more importantly, helping those with allergies. With all that the way, make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Grab yourself a cup of tea and let's jump into it. Welcome back to another episode of Making Tains. So I'm joined by Keith. Would you like to do a bit of introduction to yourself to the listeners? Sure. Um, so um, Keith Norman would be my name. Um, I live in uh, Vegas. Uh, I was a chef here in Vegas. I here at the hotel um, South Point uh, Hotel Casino. I have uh, several several titles here. You know, it's it's uh, yeah, you yeah. can't can't just do one thing. But um, been here over uh, 30 years. Been with this company 20. I'm in my 24th year now with with oh, wow. uh yeah mr gone uh, he's our owner so 24 years with him but been in been in town over 30 years so no it's incredible to have you on the podcast i actually came across you on linkedin out of all places yeah um yeah. i don't know come across your profile i think i was like obviously someone within the the kind of the allergy space obviously might have like shared a post or i kind of saw you commented on a post so no it's incredible to obviously get you on the podcast today i yeah. think with the guests i always love obviously kind of before we kind of jump into it is like kind of delving into kind of like your upbringing and obviously doing like research about yourself. Like the, the one thing what kind of stood out to me was like, you kind of spoke about your grandmother and kind of the influence she had on you. Um, was you brought up by your grandmother at a young age? Yeah. So, um, first of all, Dan, I don't believe in, uh, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. So our paths didn't just cross. So, um, but my, my maternal mom, uh, passed when I was uh, four years old. So my, my grandmother on my dad's side, um, took me and my younger brother and raised us. He was three, I was four. So, um, you know, it, just, a just a great, just a, we know we all called her big mom, but what was really interesting, um, is, as we were always in the kitchen with her and holidays, you know, were always a big thing with her. And so my brother and I, we were always in the kitchen and, you know, at, at different points, you know, she let us you know, kind of be involved. But as she started to get older, you know, there was things, you know, those uh, Thanksgiving dinners when all the family is coming and you have three turkeys that, you know, are now getting tough for her to, you know, pick up. Um, you know, my brother and I got more involved in, you know, in cooking. And then our very first Thanksgiving where she said we had a, we had an island where, where she sat on the end and, you know, just kind of, you know, like the hawk you know, watching uh, what we did. And back then we didn't use measuring spoons and stuff. It was a pinch of that, you know? So, yeah, so she was amazing. And, you know, when, when I was in high school, there was a um, Mrs. Lockard. So my grandmother and Mrs. Lockard, Mrs. Lockard um, ran our food service program. And, and I just, you know, getting the passion for my grandmother, cause she always cooked with love. And then Mrs. Lockard kind of brought that, um, you know, that guest, guest service aspect, you know, to the whole, uh, you know, pie where, you know, serving others is an honor, you know, and serving others is, 
you know, one of those things that you, you also have to do with passion. So now you put both of those together and, you know, you have what we have today and, uh, you know, a passion for, you know, just, just making sure that those, um, you know, when you mentioned allergens, um, you know, one of my, um, you know, passions is making sure that all of those, you know, out there, you know, have a place at the table. Sorry to hear about your mum as well. Obviously, I, w- I wasn't aware of that. And I mean, like growing up, did you have a very kind of close bond with your brother as well? Yeah, actually, there 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 were ten of us. Um, so there was, um, oh, wow, yeah, six six boys, four girls, and and we all were very close knit. But yes, my younger brother Lonnie, you know, we, we were born in pairs. So Lonnie and I, you know, we are one year apart in the next set, you know, but yeah, I mean, we did, you know, we did everything together when, when I got in trouble, he got spanked too. So, you know, that was one of those relationships that, you know, kind of grew and, but, you know, all of my brothers and sisters, we've always been close, but, you know, when you have that, um, for lack of better twin, you know, cause like I said, we did everything together, grew up together, went to school together, you know, everything, but yeah, so we're all, we're all really, really close. You mentioned that no. obviously he was like cook, cooking with your brother. Is that something he, he's very passionate about as well then? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, actually there's uh, four chefs in the family. So, you oh, know, wow. um, I didn't, yeah, my two, uh, my two older brothers, myself and my younger brother. And, you know, we don't get an opportunity uh, other than when, you know, I was just home last weekend for, uh, you know, just to go in and see family. And, you know, we were all, uh, uh, you know, my brother, uh, older brother right over me you know, had four grills going, you know, cause we had yeah. over a hundred people coming. So, you know, we, I, uh, my younger brother's on uh, one grill and my older brother's on one grill and I'm on one grill. So yeah, you know, it's, it's really an honor to, you know, to, you know, be around them and just kind of, you know, be able to, you know, see, see, see them in action and, you know, just, yeah. So it's pretty cool. You sound like a really kind of like close knit family then you kind of mentioned as your grandmother got older, did everyone have to kind of pull the weight and obviously yeah. like you was helping out in the kitchen as well then. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. I mean, you know, she's, um, just, you know, I mean, we, we had years together. I mean, from four to 18 and, and, um, you know, um, most of the time when she was in the kitchen, you know, there was always some chopping to do. So, you know, we yeah. would be doing the chopping while she's doing the big stuff and, um, yeah, it was, it's, you know, I, you know, and I, I, I guess you, you might see this with your parents, you know, as they get older, um, you know, unfortunately there's things they can't do. And, um, you know, I was honored. My brother as well was, was honored to be able to step in. And, you know, we used to, well, we grew up, um, you know, the Jiffy mix, she used to always love the Jiffy mix. And, you know, those, those were those days when you go in there and drop some milk and an egg in a bowl, whip it up and yeah. bake it and bring it to her. So yeah, those were the, yeah, I listen. Those were the days I enjoyed. The I enjoyed growing up in that in that environment. How was? Um, did she have like any kind of like go to kind of recipes? And for example, if you cook it today, it kind of brings back the memories. Was it? Was it a dish or a dessert or like a cooking which kind of reminds you of kind of the work you do now? Well, you know, uh, growing up on welfare and you know not not having access to many things, what I always thought was fascinating, you know. Um, was, you know, if it's meatloaf today, it's another name tomorrow, you know? Yeah. So my grandmother was really creative and I try to do that, you know, a- as well. Um, she was very creative at making, you know, um, if it was pasta today, it's going to be pasta, something else tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah, but you know, I think, I think holidays, um, Thanksgiving and Christmas, 4th of July, you know, those were holidays where, 
we knew the whole family was coming together, family and friends. Uh, so I think those are the um, holidays that remind me of Big Ma and and the things that we used to do. Because I, you know, um, I knew um, for Fourth of July, my uncle was bringing six cases of hips that my brother and I were now old enough to, you know, yeah. kind of put on the on handle. So yeah, so those were the. I think those are the three um, holidays that just kind of stand out. Yeah. yeah. And then from, from, would you say from a young age, you always knew that you was going to be a chef? Or was that something which kind of came a bit later on? Um, well, I think what happened, um, I, I didn't think, I, I knew I'd always be doing something in the field. But I think when I went into the Marine Corps and, um, you know, a couple of duty stations where I was at where you were just feeding in masses, right? Um, that kind of, when you, when you think about poetry in motion and, and you're cooking for 5,000, um, Marines and, and, and service folks, and you just see how smooth that could be, that, that yeah. just kind of, you know, that whole catering and banquet kind of setting just kind of, um, um, you know, reached out and touched me, but, but, um, um, coming out of the Marine Corps and coming to Vegas and just seeing, you know, the different opportunities that that presented themselves. Um, I think that's what really kind of threw me into, you know, wanting to just pursue the, the field, um, yeah. you know, um, as a chef. And then I think at the age of 18, obviously you, you went to the Marines. I mean, yeah. if we kind of talk about that experience, um, I love to kind of learn about that experience for you, obviously being in the military and, and kind of, kind of the life lessons you probably learned while she was there as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, um, we growing up, you know, um, like my kids, um, uh, my daughters, you know, she played pro basketball, but as a college player and a high school player, they were always traveling around the country, but I grew up pretty stationary. We didn't travel. We went from, um, our house to the neighbor's house. So I didn't get a worldly experience, you know, as a teen. Um, yeah. so when I left home, um, you know, I, I remember the day I, came back from signing up and, and unfortunately it was an all day process. Didn't tell my grandmother I was doing it, but I remember <laughs> walking, I remember walking down the driveway and, um, I got to the, I got to the door and it was a screen door and she looked out the door and she said, you signed up, didn't you? And I said, yeah, I did. She and knew, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she knew. And then, so I graduated. Then the next day I was on a bus. So, but I think, um, for me, it was really culture shock because I had never been away from home on my own at all. And uh, boot camp was really great. I went in a buddy system, so I had two friends um, that grew up with me that was there. So we we kind of supported each other. But I think the 13 weeks that uh, a boot camp just kind of took you from um, being that young punk kind of um, mentality. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of real. Um, and then when I got out... Um, you know, when was I got, it quite, was it quite tough? I was going to say the, the, the boot camp. like what, what did it kind of entail? Yeah. I think the first, um, the first couple of days, and my uncle explained this to me cause I didn't understand it, but the first couple of days they didn't let us sleep, you know, kind of break you down. So you're more, oh, really? you're more, you're more open. And he said, that's just a technique, but I think, I think what, what it did for me and, and keep in mind coming from close knit family and, and really the village raised raised the child. So, where I grew up, we were all very, very close. We, we, we fought like cats and dogs, but we were friends the next day. But I think, I think what, what boot camp did for me, um, was it really taught me, um, teamwork because 
every stage of boot camp, you know, it wasn't an individual task. We all had to do it together. And if one messed up, we all paid for it. So I think along the way, um, it taught us, taught us teamwork and it taught, it taught us to take care of each other. And when you go from first, second, third, and fourth week of, you know, really them, um, the Marine Corps, um, kind of, um, getting us from rough to rough and ready. Um, yeah. a, lot, a lot of physical training, a lot of, um, you know, um, discipline, meaning, you know, when we would watch a movie, we might sit for two hours Indian style, but there was a purpose to it. And then when you get to the seventh and eighth week, when, um, our drill instructor and drill instructors start to see that we're coming together as a team, you know, when we're in formation and we're marching, we're marching as a team. And then, you know, you start to feel that, that title Marine, and then you get to your last, you know, weeks where, um, you know, you're wearing the uniform yeah, and you're being called, you know, I mean, we're still recruits though, but we started to feel like a Marine. And then when I got out first duty station, you know, I'm out there and I'm on my own. And, um, I was at Cherry Point, North Carolina for a year. And that kind of got me introduced to the Marine Corps. And then I was, um, shipped to Hawaii for three and a half years. So, you know, but I think the big, the big difference for me was I came from not traveling to being able to see things that today I probably wouldn't be able to see. So, um, definitely teaches you leadership, um, teamwork. Um, you never leave a man behind it. And if you're busy, I'm busy too. Cause I'm there, I'm there supporting you. Was it, was it quite tough being 18, that kind of mental headspace after you, you've moved away from home and now obviously the lack of sleep, do you have to be quite tough in, in that aspect, would you say? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. yeah, I think, I think, uh, the buddy system helped me in boot camp Cause again, the three of us, we had never been away from home. Um, so I think that helped us. Um, but you know, I, I think I, I I'm cut from good cloth. And, and, you know, um, I don't say that arrogantly, but I, I say that I had a really, um, strict and disciplined upbringing. I mean, my, my grandparents were, geez, disciplinarians. Um, my parents were, were as well. And I think they, they, um, and I think my brothers and sisters would say the same thing. They, our parents and grandparents taught us discipline and standards and, you know, you, you give your best and. Um, my grandfather, um, on my mother's side and he and I were like two peas in a pot. Um, every time he would see me, he would always ask me, um, how's your conduct? So no pressure, but I, I never wanted to disappoint him. And, mm -hmm. and so everything that I I've done and I, I do, you know, I always, and I always tell my kids that he used to always say that regardless of where we were, how's your conduct? And, and again, never wanted to disappoint him. So everything that I've accomplished and, and, and done in life I, I i've done that you know kind of with that with that in mind yeah i think the environment of where you get brought up um has a massive i think impact yeah. you know later down the line and i mean my parents um they come from like really rough estates in manchester and when i was born like they wanted to take me out of that context so we moved away from manchester moved to the outskirts um yeah. in, a, in, a, in a in a in a nice house or a nice estate um and i think having where you brought up that environment, I think makes a massive part. Would you, would yeah. you say that with your own experience and obviously with the family around you at the time? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, like I said, um, growing up, uh, Chagrin Falls is where I grew up. Very small, you know, uh, place. But, you know, and I, I, my kids laugh at me. But if I was at your house and I got in trouble, your mom and dad's probably going to spank me. And by the time I get right. back to my yeah. house, you've already made that phone <laughs> call. So that's two spankings. And, you know, I mean, I know those are things that, that uh, a lot of folks uh, think is right today. But I just believe that um, we were, you know, we were taught to be tough. You know, when we would go out like the my older brothers and, and um, the big boys, we used to like to call, you know, they would catch us and beat us up all the time. And, you know, when we were playing sports, you know, they didn't take it easy on us. Yeah, you yeah. know, I think, I think growing up, you know, there was a little saying, um, if you fell down and got hurt, parents would say, get up and try it again. You know, it wasn't. Yeah you know, run to the clinic and things like that. But I think, I think that really helped me because after boot camp, uh, I was out on my own. Um, my other two friends, they went to their duty stations and I was out on my own. So, and again, I had never been out, never managed money, you know, never had to, you know, um, support myself, you know, and, and those are things that, that I learned, but, but the beauty is the Marine Corps was very good at helping us, you know, learn those things. So it wasn't it wasn't like, okay, now you're out of boot camp and you're out there on your own. So so my duty station when I got there, you know, uh, my boss was very supportive. And um, you know, just like my boss uh here in Vegas where he moved, I moved, same thing in the Marine Corps. I was fortunate, you know, um my one of my first bosses, I was able, you know, to travel with him. So we were at we wound up being at several duty stations together. But no, I think I think if I would have had um a different upbringing, maybe my experience in the Marine Corps would have, been, would have been different, you know, being away from home on my own. Oh, oh my God, what are you going to do? But no, I think um, the toughness that parents and friends and brothers and sisters, you know, kind of instilled in me was a, was a, was a plus. No, that's amazing to hear. In, in regards to obviously like the military, did you, you started off as chef and then two years in you went to frontline. Can, can yeah. we talk about that kind of journey and how that kind of, how that yeah. kind of opened up and happened like we well you know um i had um three brothers above me that went into marine corps first and um i i i followed them but you know sometimes when you look at uh military occupational specialties or, or mos you know you look and you're looking at things that kind of stand out and and food service was one that stood out and when i got in there um you know great great experience but when i got to hawaii um um, the uh, battalion that I was in, they were short on the infantry. So they were actually looking for infantry. And my good friend, Richard Martin, always reminded him of, of this. Um, he said, why don't we try it with something different? Um, and, you know, not knowing what we're going to get ourselves into, but we did. And I tell you, it was one of the most, um, um, it was tough, right? Because I was attached to a recon um, a unit and I hate water. And, and in Hawaii, there's sharks in the water. So I even hated more. But yeah. everything they did, I did. Um, they built, you know, because I, I was in shape when I went in. I was in better shape when I came out of boot camp. But they were teaching me to do things I really would never, ever have done. Um, so that was that was pretty that was pretty cool. Um, and then um, I was able to come back into the um, um, cook field and finish out my career in the Marine Corps. Um, so I did 10 years, eight years active, two years reserve, but I was able to come back into um, the food field and, you know, just kind of take 
take that up a notch, which was, you know, really, really cool. But I think just, you know, because a lot of times, um, and I don't say it's disrespectfully, but a lot of times you look at MOSs and you look at, well, that seems easy, right? And and I think for, in in my era, in the 60s and 70s, um, we went into the Marine Corps, and I'm thinking, well, wow, they thought it was pretty cool. I yeah, think it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not knowing what I was going to get myself into. But, you know, it's just like now, you know, we, um, whenever I go home, um, I take, so this is, this is our new hat. Um, so every time I go home, I, I look online and I find a, I find a Marine Corps hat and, and, mm. uh, I buy them and I go home Amazing. and then we all, you know, we all sport them. So, um, so we have that kind of, you know, relationship yeah. now where we, where we share, but I just think, you know, some of the things that you've asked me, um, just watching my brothers when they went in and, and they, um, cause I followed what they were doing. And, um, when I went in, you know, um, I was all, I was stationed with my older brother at Cherry Point, uh, North Carolina for just a short period of time. But, you know, um, just kind of watching them. And when they came home in that uniform was like, wow, yeah. I, I really, yeah, they're impressed. really old. Yeah. So yeah. So that helped. Did you- I can imagine you made some like lifelong friends there, obviously going through all the ups and downs and like yeah. obviously being on the front line. Do you still in touch with a few of the guys today? Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's uh, several friends. Actually, there's several friends in California that I keep in contact with. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's I've lost contact with a lot of really, you know, great friends, but um, but there are a few. I mean, my... Um, um, two of my bosses, you know, I still keep in touch with. So that's really, how was it then like leaving? Cause I know, I know like some people could probably struggle, you know, having so much routine for a long period of your life. How was that kind of adjusting to that when you got back into the real world? Well, coming here to Vegas, um, I mean, it was, it was hard when I first got here in 88, took me a while to find a job. Um, I mean, it's, I think one of the, one of the hardest things for most veterans, I think is, you know, we had a, uh, we had a pact. Um, even though we did things under orders, I knew that you and I were going to march to the same beat, right? Um, they were getting out. My biggest adjustment was realizing that the person next to me hasn't done what I've done, you know? So my expectations, you know, I have, I think the biggest lesson was meeting everyone where they're at. You know, because not everyone has been in any of the branches of the service. So when you think about, um, I never, I've never missed a day of work. The only day I've missed, you know, was when my, when my son was born and I had to leave yeah. work. And, but, you know, just having that, um, that discipline, I guess, I, I guess for lack of better, that's, that's what I missed, you know, knowing that, um, if, if I gave someone a, a directive, I know that's going to be followed without attitude, you know, so just kind of adjusting to, you know, that, um, those that I'm working with now don't come from, you know, the background that I do, but I don't, for me, it wasn't a hard transition. Um, I think after a year or two, I started missing the Marine Corps and, and the things that, that, that I used to do, but, you know, over time you just, you know, um, just kind of, um, you know, just like I had to conform to things I learned there, same thing that mm-hmm. I got, you know, it was just a, just a different set of rules and, you know, um, you kind of fall into play and, and, but you know, the great thing is the, the, the leadership, the discipline and all those things that were instilled, they're still there. Yeah. I can imagine all them skills you kind of learned now kind of plays a big part in 
obviously being a chef and obviously the um kind yeah. of obviously allergies and kind of like yeah. making yeah. sure that everything's safe was your first job out of vegas was you was that a chef you got a role as a chef in was it is it part of a casino is that correct yeah so bally's um bally's was uh chef warner and and i uh, when you th- I, I stay in touch with him to this day um i probably put in so a union town so in order to go to so i i applied at caesar's tropicana I tried, I applied at a lot of the big places, but you had to get a um, union referral. So I'd go to union house, get the referral, go out. So, um, yeah, I, I probably put in 30 or more applications and unfortunately, you know, nobody made the call. And I remember, um, my interview at Bally's and Miss Diane was, was, um, chef learner secretary. And when I interviewed, um, you know, she said, well, there's nothing available now, but when something comes available, we'll call. And a week or so passed and I picked the phone up and I called and I said, Miss Diane, this is Keith, just checking. She says, we, we don't have anything now, but we'll let you know. And maybe two days later, she called me and she said, the chef will see you. And so I go and Miss um, Diane's mm-hmm. office was here and chef's office was behind hers. And he, um, I'm going to mimic him real quick. But yeah, when I came, <laughs> I came in, his his um toe <laughs> it was like caught to the side right um yeah. he's i think he's either english or swedish but he's he's orient or um um i forget what his nationality is but i came in as his um his chef's hat was was to the side and i sat down with him and he um went through my application and he asked me um about my marine corps experience and things like that and he looked at me and he said well, we're going to start you tonight on graveyard, which was really cool. So I started yeah, that night amazing. and, um, I worked at Bally's for uh, one year and then the Mirage opened and chef Warner was kind enough to, um, give my name to another good friend of mine, um, chef Ken. And, um, so I moved on to Mirage, but what's interesting, chef, chef Warner told me after my book came out and chef Warner was in town and I gave him an autographed copy and we were talking. He said, do you know why I hired you? And I said, well, no, but I'm glad you did. And he said, when I worked in Jersey, this is Chef Warner. He said, there was a Marine that worked for me. He was never late, never had no attitude, very disciplined, hard worker. And I, and he said, I saw that in you. So, well, Amazing. I appreciate it. Thank you. But 20 years later, you could have told me this before. Um, yeah. but but yeah, Jeff Warner gave me my first uh, my first start here, and then I was able to move on to Mirage Treasure Island. Um, I opened. Uh, I was in banquets in MGM when they opened. Then I opened the Paris Hotel, and then I went to the last uh, hotel that I opened was Suncoast, and that's the family that I'm that I'm in now. And and again, Chef Ken, my old boss, um, reached out and said, "You want to do lunch?" So I'm going to give you a lesson here. If your old boss calls you and says you want to do lunch and you walk into the restaurant and he has a briefcase, he's going to offer you a job. So could I ask about your relationship with allergies? Obviously you've got the book as well. Can we talk about, obviously, obviously you got diagnosed with an allergy um, to olives. Can we talk about that kind of whole story and how that obviously, obviously has led pretty much into being a chef today? Yeah, sure. No, I, um, if you remember um, the cocktail olives in a little skinny jar, I used yeah. to eat those like crazy. So 
I started, the, my first experience was I'm drooling. Didn't think anything of it because I didn't know what an allergen was. I grew up around asthma, right? So I didn't know. Um, and, and so I kept eating them. And then um, it went from drooling to like my lips swelling. And then again, I didn't know what it was. I didn't yeah, go, go for in, a yeah. diagnosis. Yeah. So I didn't get a diagnosis. Um, so I said, well, I'm just going to stop eating, which, which I did. And then, um, you know, olive oil and things like that never bothered me. And then later on, um, you know, I tried it again. And again, I wasn't um, aware of what allergies were. I tried it again. Same thing happened. So again, like most, not most, but like a lot of people, you just stop eating what's making you go cuckoo. Yeah, making you feel, yeah, making you feel itchy or like, because uh, yeah. even yeah. like back, Back in the 80s or 90s, like allergies, obviously nowhere near what they are now as, as common and right. obviously lack of awareness yeah. back then as well. So like you said, you yeah. probably wouldn't even realize that, yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't know what it was. Yeah. And, and you ask someone, they look at you like you had four heads. So I just stopped doing it. And um, so fast forwarding, um, um, all of the casinos that I've worked at here in town have introduced me to allergens, but on a smaller scale. So I think, um, say 2010 to now, I think allergens, um, allergen guests are not afraid to tell us. Um, I think a lot of allergen guests are coming out, you know, and, 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 and making their allergens known. And that's how it happened for us. So here, 2009, we had a, a couple of families in our steakhouse that had allergens. And, and again, we were doing things on small scale. And I was introduced to the Gordon family who actually wrote the forward for my book. And uh, the two boys um, had um, multiple allergens. And, you know, we just, I went back to the kitchen and worked with the chef and, you know, based on uh, information they had given us, that we served them safely. And um, the next year they invited me to speak at um, their, uh, it used to be fan, if you remember, way back yeah. then it was is fair now but um they 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 asked me to um do a presentation i did and i met i just met some some um amazing um youngsters that I, that i keep in touch with to this day um and we did a panel and just listening to those stories just it just break, breaks your heart and i just knew that we that we needed to be better and we could be better and we should and i and i i took it as it's, it's an obligation. It's my responsibility. And, uh, so I came back and we started to put, um, SOPs into place. Um, okay. that started with training. Um, I, I brought, took everybody off the floor, all management first and did, um, did training and introduction to what food allergies were. And then we did the same thing with the, with the team. And then I just started to put procedures in place right so if you if you think about um and the gordon family um you know we did um i think we did three uh allergen walks here in town we've done four allergen conferences here at the hotel Amazing. and i think yeah. yeah i think that was one of the biggest um advantages for me and to propel us to where you know we've 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 come so but yeah that that was that was really the journey um you know, um, meeting those families and, and just really looking at those kids. I mean, and, and, you know, mm. you look at a baby and, um, uh, you know, we just had, uh, three, uh, guests here yesterday, all three babies 
wants the babies. One's 21, one's 17, one's 13. And multiple allergens, but when you see the them sitting there eating this meal, you know, and that was the motivation really over the years, you know, see those yeah. babies that can, you know, come out that deserve a place at the table. Yeah, it's so important. Do you feel sometimes there's like a lack of communication with sometimes when someone goes to a restaurant, they don't always feel confident. Um, what advice or what tips would you give to them people? Because obviously it's so important with your job as well, because obviously keeping them safe, um, but it's also their job as well to make you aware. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think do your research. I mean, um, my email is on our website. I get a lot of folks who reach out to me, so that's a plus. But um, I, I would say that if you're going to a restaurant, um, go online, look at the menus, uh, make the phone call first. So you feel, you know, um, ask to speak to the chef. Uh, we train the same way here. So you could talk to a chef or a manager and you're going to get, you, you'll get the same answers. Um, though the chef is going to know the menu better than a manager, but still we're going to be able to talk you through, um, things. And, and very rarely do I have to turn anybody away, but I think for the guests coming into the restaurant, you have to feel comfortable. So you have to ask mm. questions, but um, it's important that um, a guest give, I need all the information, right? And one of the things that we, we don't, you know, don't tell me that a little bit won't hurt you or you can have a little yeah. bit of that because we're not going to give it to you, right? But I think, I think if you do the research ahead of time, look at the menus, be, you know, be aware because the families that came yesterday, mom gave me a complete list of things that the kids were interested in eating. And we vetted that before they came. So, you know, that's possible. And the other thing I would say to, to um, families that are going into a restaurant, um, it's daunting but doable. Um, so when you go to a place, if they truly, truly want to serve you safely, they can. There's no, yeah. you know, we do 10,000 meals a, a month here, right? So we have 11 restaurants. So we're always busy. But for an, for the allergen guests, takes me 10 extra minutes to safely, you know, prepare that meal. Yeah. So, so I would say to that family going out, you got to listen. So when you say to me that you have peanuts, Trina, shellfish, fish, just look at the face. Face is going to tell you whether they're welcoming you or they're thinking you're an inconvenience. Yeah. I've always been like a big advocate is like, you've just got to go with that gut feeling. And if yeah. you feel like they're not going to take it seriously, then it, it's definitely not worth that risk. What's yeah. your process then? So if, if I go into your restaurant and I mention I've got an allergy to your waiter, what's the process of like behind the scenes to get your kind of like insights into obviously the cuttery? Do you, do you, is it, do you cook in a different part of the kitchen? What's that yeah. process for you? Well, um, sometimes it's hard to cook in a different, in a different kitchen. Um, so, so we have, we have pans and tools, but we all start off. Uh, so we have um, an allergen pad that we, that we use, if you can, if you can see that, um, okay, yeah. it's, yeah. So we use, we use an allergen pad that, um, gives me, oh, I think it's a better word. Um, so, oh, when, yeah, I can see that, yeah. yeah. So when you come into the restaurant, we use, um, we, we use the allergen pad. So what I tried to do over the years is keep it simple, stupid, right? Kind of, kind of method. And, um, as you know, communication is, the most important part of what we do. So I, I, you know, in a busy restaurant, I don't want my servers 
you know, writing the allergen order on a pad, um, you know, with all the other allergen or all the other orders, because now you're going to confuse it. So we use the pad and then um, we also set up our allergen um, POS system so that when it prints to the kitchen, it's going to print it red and it's going to tell me. So So the allergen follows the meal. So if you tell me, like for this one, it was um, fish and chips, the allergen was avocado. So that guest who had an avocado allergy, the the uh, meal and allergen cool. fouls, yeah. right? So once the server goes to the table and you tell me your allergen server's responsibility is to verify, I have a checkbox for that. And then we also get customers who, you know, so if it's a party of 10 and I'm going to drop bread, but you're allergic. I don't want to inconvenience the other nine, but I am going to let you know that you're unable to, to have the bread. And I have a box there that I've gave you that information. And then from there, the server's responsibility is to go into the kitchen and talk with the chef. I have a box where, um, the, whoever's advising you on that allergy meal, I have a box, right? Cause I want to know who's advising. Then I want to know who airs the meal. Once the chef says, well, you can have the IE tuna, but you can't have A, B, or C, then the server goes back to the table and lets the guests know the chef has said that you can have this, but we're going to remove A, B, and C, right? And then yeah. once that's done, server goes to the POS system. We have um, an allergen screen set up with all the top nine, plus some of the other ones we get, like we get a lot of um, like onion, garlic, tomato, peppers. So that's on the screen as well to make it easy. Server punches in that order, prints to the kitchen, to every station in the kitchen. Because keep in mind, you have your pantry station, your saute, prints to the prints to all the stations. And then the chef is responsible for overseeing, you know, the preparation. A lot of times, most of my chefs and sous chefs, they just prepare the meal themselves so that I don't take you off your station. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then when we take... Um, when we go back to the to the table, once the meal comes in the window, we have um, an allergen dot. It says allergen and put that on the lid so the server knows. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. And then typically the allergen meal either goes out first or goes out last. It doesn't go out with the with the other meal. How, how many chefs have you got working underneath yourself at the minute? Well, there's uh, in the food department, there's over 200, let's see, 11 restaurants. So that's 11 room chefs and then um, times two sous chefs. So what? So 22. Yeah. 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 So and, you know, the neat thing is we've all been here 15 plus years. Mm. Yeah. So have, it, you, and, have, have you got any um, have you got any Marines as chef uh, with experience who now work in the kitchen? No, we do no. have veterans. We do have. Yeah. Veterans. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the only Marie. Yeah. What what advice would you give? Um because I find it so interesting. I've obviously I've, I've obviously first Marine um or veteran I've ever had on the podcast. I mean, what advice would you give to someone like a bit younger? Have you, have you got any advice to like set them up for life or like, I don't know, is is or anything you've learned from your experiences which you've took forward in life which you could pass on to the next person? You know, I, I think um, a lot of times we don't do things out of fear, right? 
Um, so we don't, we don't take that next step because, you know, we're always afraid of the unknown, but I've, I've been fortunate to, you know, kind of, you know, jump off that cliff and, you know, my parachute came open and, and at, at almost 62 years old, I've, you know, I've done a lot of things, but I would say, you know, whatever field, whether it's you going into the military or, or chef's field or whatever field, um, I, I would say, you know, um, just, just do it. Um, you know, because I think, um, life experiences there's, I mean, you know, we, we have ups, we have downs. Um, I, when I do training, I always ask folks in the, in the class, how many of you have ever had a bad day? And you know, those hands will go up, but I, I disagree. Um, I, I think we have bad moments in our days, right. And, and in most cases, those moments really don't last forever. Right. So I like to, I would just say that whatever, whatever, uh, whatever your goals are, make sure they're solid, you know, put them on paper, read them. Like I have a vision board, right? So every year, you know, different things I want to see in the year. Do you set set goals then? Is it goals you would set for yourself on the vision board or is it kind of like ambitions? Yeah. I mean, you could, you could call them, you could call them goals. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's, it's things that, um, you know, I, I, I want to accomplish. And if for some reason I don't, I just roll them over until the next year, you know? So sometimes, yeah. you know, I hear, um, I hear folks say, I didn't get that done today. And I'll look at them like, good for you. Right. Yeah. Put it on your can do list for tomorrow. So that's why I would say, you know, if, if it's something that, you know, you're, you're passionate about, cause I think, you know, you, you have, you have to have the passion. If you're passionate about it, um, it may not happen today. Right. Um, but mm. don't, don't take it off your list, you know, just roll it over until the next yeah. day or the next week or the next month. Yeah. Cause I, th- I think, I think sometimes I even like maybe this like day and age of social media, like you compare yourself where, where other people have got at your age. And I think it's, it's, it's probably harder now for the, the younger ones because obviously the constantly comparing and and like you, like you said it takes time it takes years you know to to get work to where you are now like it, it's it's not this overnight success kind of thing no and that's and i think that's where um so i used to teach at the art institute and i always used to tell my students when you graduate with your bachelor's degree you are not going to go out there and be a food and beverage director right so you have to be you know you have to be prepared for those things but but you know dan i think though um you know, with, with the right, you know, mindset and mm. just realizing that, you know, look at some, look at Oprah. When did she become a billionaire? Wasn't like in her, in her younger years, it was in her older years. And you, yeah. you just need that with a lot of the actors and, um, you know, um, K- Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, um, he didn't become a millionaire until, you know, well into his fifties. So I was oh, just, really? uh, okay. yeah. So I would just say to those folks, you know, that, you know, um, you know, it, it took me, you know, I mean, I, I had one of the best jobs in the world and had no bills. And still, when I got in the Marine Corps, I was broke, but, but, you know, but it, I, I just think that it, it takes time and, and don't think that you're going to, you know, be a millionaire overnight. Cause like, cause I love those stories when you see someone say, Oh, well, I didn't become a millionaire until I was 50. Well, okay. Well, I probably won't be a millionaire until I'm 63, but I'm on the way. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause I think even with the podcast, like I want it to be as successful as possible. And like, I, yeah. I mean, 
I've got eight eight interviews this month. Um, yeah, and I I say you, you want the listenership or you want the big sponsorship to help cover the cost, but like I say, it's not going to happen and overnight. And the thing yeah. for me is just that that consistency. Yeah. Like I say, when you're passionate about something and you've got that consistency to do it week yeah. in, week out, then hopefully uh, over time it will help. Do you love like teaching then? You kind of spoke um, a bit about like teaching the kids and is yeah. that something which you, makes you fulfilled? Like? Yeah, well, you know, the school, the Art Institute of Nevada closed down some years ago, but um, I did that for nine years. But yeah, I mean, I think I think whether you're an educator or, or just just, you know, the average person out there, I mean, you have a wealth of knowledge. Well, it's nothing unless you share it, right? Because there's always, you know, when 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 one teach, two learn. So it's always a, I think it's our responsibility, right? You have a lot of um, experience and I know you're younger than I, but you have a lot of experience. Well, you got to give that away. And I try, I try um, every day. Um, you know, I have one of my students who keeps in touch with me and, you know, she has some um She's disabled, so there's some things going on. So I try to keep her on track, and she's a, she's a chef. And, you know, she'll she'll sometimes say, I don't even know why I use the title chef. I said, well, I do, right? But I think it's our responsibility to share our knowledge, our experience. And, you know, uh, we, we got to coach him up because, you know, I come from a different uh, time and place than you. But, but um, there's things that I know I can learn from you and vice versa. And I think that's our responsibility. Yeah. I think that's why I love the podcast. I would say to everyone, just set up a podcast because you would speak to people you would never, ever speak to, yeah. like from all walks of life, from all over the world now with obviously yeah. Wi-Fi and obviously like everyone has like, um, whereas before I, I think with the podcast, you, you always thought you had to do it in person, but I think now it's so accessible to kind of reach people from all walks of life. And like I said, yeah. like it's amazing uh, like to speak with yourself and hear about your experiences. And like you say, yeah. like- nah by having these discussions, I like hopefully I can grow and, and kind of learn from your mistakes or, or, or my mistakes as well. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, that's, that's incredible. I was going to ask about your, your, your kids. Like, um, how, how many kids have you got now? Um, two, I have a, a daughter, she's yeah. 33 and a son. He just turned 28 in May. And yeah, my daughter yeah. actually has an, uh, an allergen to avocado. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I, I didn't grow up, um, you know, like I have a great, fondness and appreciation for parents who have lived it from the birth to now. I, I didn't do that um, because my daughter, she acquired hers later um, in her 20s. Um, but I have a good appreciation for those folks who, you know, just like mom yesterday, and I was telling some of the chefs last night, um, you have a mom and dad who have to worry times three when they go out to eat because it's not yeah. just Eli. Stress because, and anxiety, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I didn't even ask you, Dan. Do you have allergies by chance? Yeah, I've had a, I've got a tree nut and a peanut allergy um, since the age of five. So yeah. I completely get it. Like eat, eating, eating out at restaurants, and I always yeah. come out with red rash. Um, um, yeah, just because I get so much, I get anxiety. Like, I'm like, oh, is it food safe? Is it not? And it, and sometimes it can be really hard to distinguish is it allergic reaction. Oh, I'm just, it's like a heat rash. Like it's, it's. I, I used to get it speaking with like new people. So sometimes in the podcast, like if I'm not spoke to someone before, like I used to come out with this red rash and everyone's like, you're okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. See, Dan, um, that's the information, what you just said, because for the layman person, right. Who does it, you know, like you get anxiety when you, when you think about is your food safe. And I think 
I think those are some of the messages we need to we need to share because you know for that for that chef who who thinks um, peanut trina no big deal you know but when you share that well you know what when I sit down at the restaurant I'm actually fearful of that meal before I you know take take that bite I think yeah. those those are the messages that we we need to we need to share. Both your your daughter and your son are they chefs or are they they they've gone on their own path in life? Like what yeah. do they do? No, they're uh, my son uh, works with a gaming company and my daughter, um, she just changed jobs. I forget what it is, but no, they yeah. they rent they, they would, yeah. But no, just great great kids, and you know you can only work for them. You know we always say as parents, I want you to be better than than you know mm. than me, and and I think they both you know, certainly have that potential and, you know, you just got to fan the fire and, and, um, you know, keep on, keep on going. Yeah, no. Yeah. My, my, my dad always says to me, whatever I've done for you and your sister, you do for your kids Why as not? you get older, which means like, if you could help me out, like, I think when I moved to London for the first four weeks, I was, um, on placement. So he helped me out like living costs when I moved to London, but then I got a job and I could pay him back and, yeah, yeah, it's just like it's it's just it's the little things. Um, but he, he always draws that into me every time I see him. Like whatever we do for you, kids, like you, you always do the same. And like, like you say, like you always want your kids to be, be better than you, or give them yeah. the opportunities you didn't have as well. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's been incredible to have you on the podcast. And honestly, I've really loved kind of hearing about kind of your military experience and obviously being a chef and obviously your kind of relationship with allergies and obviously the book. Um, if anyone wants to kind of buy the book on Amazon, um, would you like to kind of sh- share um, the details? That yeah, no, I mean, um, it it was a it was a good it was a good project. Um, I it took me about two and a half years to you know to write it, but um, yeah, it's on it's on Amazon. If you're in Vegas, it, we sell it here at the at the hotel, but Amazon.com, and um, you know, if you if you visit Vegas, bring it with you, and I'm. Happy to yeah. autograph for you, but it was a great project. And my whole goal was really to, um, cause every restaurant is different, but I wanted to kind of give you tools, um, because I think it, it is daunting, but it is very, very doable. There's no, there's no excuse for a chef not to welcome an allergen guest to the table because, because we can yeah. do it. It's just a matter of planning. And I think the book gives you, um, gives you some, gives you the tools, yeah. Yeah, starting point. Yeah, no, no, that's incredible. And um, so, yeah, thanks, thanks again so much. You're have you got a, have you got an Instagram or Facebook? If you like to share, have you got an Instagram page or Facebook? I, yes, but yeah, not don't use it. <laughs> yeah, you just have to search for me. But I'm on Instagram, yeah. LinkedIn, yeah. Facebook. Um, yeah, so I'm not the techie guy. So to give you all my, yeah. you know, at this and that, I don't have that, yeah. but. But I'm out there and, yeah. and um, you know, anyone Amazing. on your podcast that I can ever do anything for happy to. And you're you're welcome to reach out whenever you need me. No, that's amazing. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.